Brad Stevens speaks. He talks about bringing Joe Missoula back, the plan for the offense, and how they're going to navigate the CBA. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here in the Lockdown Podcast Network where it's your team every day and I'm here for you every day with a free fresh podcast that goes right to the device to the device. That's what I'm trying to say of subscribers. So make sure you're a subscriber. Open up your favorite podcasting app. Click subscribe. Boom. Shows up when I drop a podcast. You can watch the show on YouTube. Ring the bell. Get notified when the video drops. Uh, Hop in the comment section there. Say what you got to say, say hello, whatever you want to do. I'm John Corrales. I used to play. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Still relevant, still fun book. Father's Day is coming up in, uh, let's see, a little more than two weeks. Order one of the books through johncorrales.com. I have a bunch of books here that I will sign, personalize for your dad. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun book for any Celtics fan. In your life. So go to johncorrales.com. You can see the link at the top to buy a book and uh, make a fun gift. Today, Brad Stevens. We had a, a half hour QA with Brad Stevens, a little media availability. Third segment, uh, talking about the collective bargaining agreement and the limitations that the Celtics will face there. I asked him about that. I also asked him, which we'll get to in the second segment, how close was his vision for what the Celtics offense was to what we saw on the floor. That's in segment two. So we're going to start off segment one with Joe Missoula. Uh, first, I definitely want to make sure I talk about finals game one, which uh, all Celtics fans are going to just be driven nuts by the fact that, uh, let's see, Max Struess was 0 for 9 from 3. Uh, let's take a look at Caleb Martin. Oh, three points, one of seven overall. The, the heat shot 13 of 39 from three. Where was this in game seven, game six? Uh, the nuggets shot 29.6% from three, eight of 27 and still had a 21 point lead at one point. Uh, and they won by 11 because they knew how to handle the zone. They knew how to handle themselves. It was very, very frustrating to watch Jokic in the middle of the zone. Now, Jokic is awesome. Jokic is a god. But what he did at the end is something Tatum could have done for sure. Um, that, uh, the way he picked apart the zone, getting into the middle of it, hitting shots, picking up, picking them apart with passes, making plays, holding off a Miami Heat run, and then closing them out at the end. That's how you're supposed to do it. Just wanted to mention that off the top because it was very possible for the Celtics to do that. That's how it was supposed to look. That's what I was looking for. When I say Nuggets in four or five, that's what I'm looking at. That type of play right there. When I said Celtics should be winning in five or six, that's what I was thinking of that. I was hoping they would do that. I talked about the zone right away. It was the first thing I talked about. It was the first thing I asked about. 
and they couldn't figure it out. Oh, it's just so frustrating. It's just so very frustrating. Uh, anyway, putting that aside, because the Celtics are now into their offseason. And I tell you what, Brad Stevens had a, a brief kind of like flash of how pissed he was at this because he <laughs> at the top, like, well, we were talking about, you know, whatever we were talking about. Uh, and he, he said uh, at the beginning, uh, the, we need to be better on offense, uh, blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of things. Uh, the margin is so slim when you're talking about doing a freaking end of season press conference or playing in finals game one tonight. That's one of the toughest things to swallow is how slim that is. And he was very upset when, you know, when he drops a freaking that's, I know he, he, he swears in normal life. He's a normal person, but, uh, to, to, to get that close to basically what Brad Stevens is an F bomb in public that, that tells you how frustrated he was by the fact that he was doing a press conference, a post season press conference that coincided with what should have been game one shoot around media availability at the RBAC center. That's what we should have. We were all going to be at the RBAC center on Thursday, no matter what, but it should have been for shoot around. And instead it was for, uh, this end of season press conference. All right, let's get to what he said. Cause there are important things that what he said, let's just start with Joe Missoula. Joe Missoula officially is coming back. It's happening. So here's what Joe Missoula said. He was asked the question is, is Joe the best coach for the team moving forward? Yeah, I think he is. And I thought he, again, did a really good job with this group. Um, everybody's going to overreact to the best players and coaches after every game. That's always the way it is. We know that going in. So we have to, you know, be able to judge things on the whole. And um, he's a terrific leader. Um, he'll only get better at anything that, you know, he can learn from this year because he's constantly trying to learn. And um, and he's accountable. You know, those, those leadership qualities are hard to find. I know they're easy to talk about, but when you can, uh, when you can show all those through the expectations and the microscope that he was under, that's hard to do. Um, and so, yeah, was he, was he perfect? Would he like to have some moments back? Every, every coach would, you know, even the coaches nobody talks about would, right? And we've all, we all that have coached know how hard that is. Um, so, and at the same time, our players, um, our staff, everybody around him, you know, believe in him and, you know, we've got to do our best to, you know, support him going forward. So there it is. They, they believe in Joe Missoula. I know some of you are screaming right now. I get it. But I think we have gone into full overreaction mode because people are really going overboard. I mean, completely overboard when it comes to uh, Joe Missoula. It's, it's gotten to a point where people are saying that he doesn't know basketball at all and it's, it's, he's a CYO coach. and all the, Each comment that I read is worse and worse and worse and worse. People are way overreacting. This is where you have to like pull back. It's like, yes, he had problems in the playoffs, no doubt. They got to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. 
They had some mistakes that had been repeated from the year before and the year before that. They won 57 games. They had the second-best offense, the second-best defense in the regular season. That all matters. That all matters because it says Joe Missoula actually can coach, right? He can actually coach. Now he has to get better at coaching. So the, I don't want to wildly overreact to the playoff run. He definitely needs help. So what type of help is happening here? Well, he now has a summer to plan, and that's something that was addressed in this in this press conference too. And we forget about this. Joe got the job two days before media day. He didn't have a summer to plan. He walked in. He basically took Ime Udoka's notes and said, okay, this is kind of what we're doing. We're going to tweak it a little bit here and there, but this is kind of what we're doing. That's not fair to any coach, okay? So he's going to have a summer to put his own plan together. He's going to have uh, a chance to build his own staff. And again, another overreaction because people, this is just where we are, we are at right now with the Celtics. Three assistants are leaving, according to Gary Washburn of the Globe. Three assistants are gone, plus Damon Stoudemire. That's four. Uh, and people are apparently saying, like, oh, my God, this is an exodus. This is crazy. This is so bad. All these assistants are leaving. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. These are Ime Udoka's assistants. The three guys who are leaving are going to go to Houston because they came here for Ime Udoka, and they're leaving for Ime Udoka. That's kind of what we should have been expecting, right? Why would anybody expect Joe Mazzulla, who never got a chance to pick his own staff, to be a head coach in the NBA and still not pick his own staff? Like, yeah, those guys, they may have been told. I don't know if they were told or not, but regardless, they're Ime's guys. So, yeah, this makes perfect sense. I don't understand what people are thinking, man. People just can't just take a breath. I want everybody to breathe relax. I'm just as frustrated as a lot of you. I just watched that game. One of the finals thinking like, man, I mean, Denver is really, really good. And you know, I, I, I may want to reassess what I was thinking about this. having watched Denver in game one, I still think the Celtics have good matchups. I still think that they've generally played Jokic well, and they, they've generally played Denver well, and that this would have been a really, really good series. But, um, yeah, Denver looks good, and I'm frustrated too. So everybody just chill out. Just chill out. You, you, it's done. It's over with. Joe's going to build his own staff. Joe's going to have a summer to, to, to put a plan together. Brad Stevens said they're going to add experience to the bench. They are looking to add someone with a lot of years of NBA experience, which could be a player, could be an assistant with a lot of NBA experience, could be a couple of guys, could be some some guys who used to be on the staff that come back. I don't know. But they are looking to add experience to the staff. But let's look at it from the real perspective. Joe certainly needs some help. He has learned a lot. He has learned a lot as a first-year head coach. He's coming back with all of that experience, all of those lessons, a summer to regroup and plan, an opportunity to put his own staff together. Let's see how that goes. Because if Brad Stevens is, in fact, going to change head coaches at some point here and move on from Joe Missoula, that's his last coaching change. That's the last one. He has to get it 
absolutely perfectly right. And if there, there isn't somebody out there that isn't absolutely perfectly right, then you stick with Joe Missoula. I think you stick with him anyway, but especially if you're thinking, well, who's out there? It's not Frank Vogel. I'm sorry. It wasn't Nick Nurse. It's not, it's not those guys. I'm sorry. It's not. So I'm I'm on board. I'm on board with sticking with Joe Missoula. All of these things considered with the staff, the experience that they're going to add in this summer. All right. Up next, the vision. Brad Stevens had a vision for this team. Is Joe Missoula following that vision? Is this what Brad Stevens was thinking of when he put this plan together? That is next. First, let's talk about FanDuel. This is the time to make a fast break to FanDuel during the finals because right now you, a new customer, get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So if you're a Celtics fan and you said, oh, Caleb Martin's going off. He's going to go hit three threes. I'm going to bet on him. I'm going to bet on Max Struess to hit a couple of threes. I'm going to take Miami and the points. Well, I'm sorry. Your first bet didn't win. Those guys didn't hit a damn thing. And Miami lost by 11. Denver covered the spread. Hey, that's $2,500 back in bonus bets because your first bet didn't win. Great promotions every day, a safe and secure app, and you can get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet all the playoff action at a, than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're going to bet, if you're going to do it, that's your choice. But please gamble responsibly. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Next week, Monday and Tuesday, I've got Keith Smith. I recorded the show yesterday, actually. And uh, because of the Brad Stevens press conference, delayed it, delayed the, the show until Monday and Tuesday. We're going to talk a lot about the collective bargaining agreement. Monday's show is going to be the setup. Just the the punitive nature of it all. Tuesday's show is going to be much more specific to the Celtics. Uh, so check that out Monday and Tuesday. I'm going to get to Brad Stevens' take on the CBA in the third segment. We're going to go right now to the question I asked Brad Stevens about the offense and the team that he built. How close to your vision when you were building this team was what you saw on the floor? Um, I mean, I think the the goal is, you know, was not attained. Um, so I look at it as how can we be a little bit better? Um, and yet a lot of the, um, a lot of our times when we were playing, you could see that there's a lot there, right? So it's not far. Um, and, and I think, again, this is, you know, we all we all ride the roller coasters, and I certainly do of the of the playoffs. Um, but you also, from my perspective, have to sit up here and say it's really hard to be in the mix. And so we just got to figure out how to get a little bit better. But to stay in the mix, we've got a lot of foundational things that are good. So a lot of times with Brad Stevens, 
It's what he didn't say that you have to listen to. Uh, first of all, it took him a while to answer the question. So he, I'm sure he has in his head a mental Rolodex of these are the types of questions you're going to be asked. These are the typical reactions, uh, the answers that you're going to give. And these are the kind of phrases that will get you into an answer while your brain formulates the meat of what you want to say, right? There's always a, a, a phrase, a, a, the beginnings of things that you can say mindlessly while your brain works and says, what are we actually going to say? What, what's the actual answer we want to give? So the first thing there is that it took him a couple seconds to begin his answer. Uh, then he said the goal was not attained, which means I guess the, you know, the championship. So he, he says a lot of times when we're playing, you can see there's a lot there. So that when you say, oh, there's a lot there, it's not what you were, what you were envisioning, right? You know? So when he says, um, we've just got to figure out how to get a little better. Uh, we've got a lot of foundational things that are good. Foundational things, sure. But that's not what you envisioned when you put this team together. The reason I asked it that way is to try to get to, to see if he can, you know, talk about, you know, you you went and like, Brad Stevens went and, and got Malcolm Brogdon and discussed all that stuff. That was all done with Ime Udoka. Like, that's, that's just how it is. All of these other moves were made when talking to Ime Udoka. That was the plan. He and his head coach at the time discussed, uh, I have this opportunity to get Malcolm Brogdon. Here it is. What do you think? Yeah, we can use him this way. Yeah, we can use him that way. Blah, 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 blah. Great. Make the deal. Go out there. Make whatever deals you need to make. They're on the same page. Then everything happens. Everything comes to a head. Investigation, suspension. He's out. Joe Mazzula comes in and it's like, oh, here's the team that I had talked about with this other guy. I hope you kind of see it the same way we did. And he didn't because later Brad was asked direct more directly. Do you think they rely too much on the three? And he said, quote, from my standpoint, my goal every time down the floor is to get a great shot. And obviously I would love for that to be a dunk. Everyone in the world would love for that to be a dunk. We had trouble getting by that first line of defense with all the help and hands and activity, and that takes away some of that, and then you hope you're skilled enough and you're able to take advantage of open looks. There are some looks that are great and some that are a little bit more forced and contested, and that's probably every game, but I'm more focused on what's a great shot and not, hey, are we go we need to do this or that. Can we get dunks? Can we get to the free throw line? Can we get open threes? That's how I evaluate a game. That's it. That's it right there. So all of this is to say, and I'm going to interpret this from what Brad Stevens said and didn't say, he is not a fan of how this offense was run. He's not. And you might say, well, John, why didn't he just tell Joe to, to do it differently? Well, it's hard to do that because you hired the coach. You didn't hire you. If you wanted to coach, you could coach yourself. And Brad's not going to go jump back onto the sidelines. I don't think he's going to do that. Maybe after his kids are out of high school and they're gone off to college, maybe we can revisit it then. But I think he likes his job. I think he likes doing what he does. So, but anyway, when you hire a coach, you hire the coach. 
you say, here's our vision. You hire the coach. You agree with, you know, basically the vision. You say, okay, I'm going to let you coach. Now this summer they can get together and they can say, Hey, look, this is, I think this is the way it should be. Or this is you tell, talk, let's talk more about your plan. Can we do X, Y, Z? They're going to get, this is why I wrote the whole thing and, and did the podcast on get on the same page. This is what they need to do. Get on the same page. Cause they haven't been these, these quotes about the, the offense show you they were not on the same page. Absolutely not. He does not like the offense because he didn't sit there and say anything about the three-pointer until the very, very end. He didn't sit there and say what Joe Mazzula said, which was three-point attempt rate is the most important stat in basketball. That's a direct quote from, uh, from Joe Mazzula earlier this season. Three-point attempt rate. No. Brad Stevens said, I would love for that to be a dunk. Every time, every time down the floor is to get a great shot. I would love for that to be a dunk. And then he went through the hierarchy. Can we get dunks? Can we get to the free throw line? Can we get open threes? That's the order. That's the analytics. That's the that's everything. Can you get to the rim? Can you draw free throws and get free buckets? Put the other team into foul trouble. And then can you generate open threes? The Celtics, it's my number one criticism with Joe Mazzulla. The Celtics ran an offense that the volume on the three-point shooting was at 100. Turn that down to like 80. If you can turn it down to 80, then you'll have that extra 20 as your drives, your cuts, your free throws. Again, I go back to game one here of the NBA Finals. And what Denver did, Denver was able to win that game shooting 27 three-pointers, 78 shots overall. They lost the possession battle. They they shot 12 fewer three-pointers. They got to the free throw line 20 times to Miami's two. Now, that's crazy. That's a crazy disparity. But they beat Miami by 14 at the free throw line. Attack, draw your free throws, make those, boom, done. You can win without hitting the three-pointers. There's a way to do it. Think, I think Joe Mazzulla took it to an extreme. I don't think he's necessarily wrong about three-point shooting in today's NBA is obviously going to be a massive driver on whether you win or lose. But I think he took it too far. He, he obsessed over it and took it way too far. And... I think there needs to be more balance in the offense. That's why I kind of asked this question the way I asked it. And looking at his answers, that's I think I think it's clear that these guys are going to have a discussion. I think there is a compromise to be made. I also think that you got to go defense first, and then that generates a lot of the offense that we're looking for beyond the half court, just looking for open threes. But it's clear that Brad Stevens doesn't just want to, hey, everything's got to be a three. So that's the offensive part. Now let's get to what's next. It's Brad Stevens is the president of basketball operations. Let's ask him the question. Up next, how are you going to move forward when all of what you did was based on the old collective bargaining agreement 
And now all of a sudden you got to deal with this collective bargaining agreement. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make Locked On NBA your second listen. Between Locked On NBA, Locked On Heat, Locked On Nuggets, you're going to get the entire uh, finals covered. It's a great way. I mean, look, maybe you're done. Maybe you're done with basketball and you don't want to watch the finals. That's fine. But if you do, then check out Locked On NBA, Locked On Nuggets, Locked On Heat. Get both sides of the story. Get the un unbridled uh, takes from everybody across the network. All right, let's get back to Brad Stevens. He said a lot. We talked for like half an hour. Uh, it's all on Boston Sports Journal. I, I wrote on Boston Sports Journal basically a reaction to everything. Literally the title of the piece is, Everything Brad Stevens said in his season-ending press conference and what it all means. So every quote from him is in here, and I have my reactions to it. So make sure you head on over to Boston Sports Journal to get all of that. Let's end this podcast on my question for Brad when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. You built this team, um, taking it from Danny, based on the old collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Um, how much of a curveball has the the new parameters, let's say, how, how much of a curveball has that been for you? And how much does that change the course of what you've been trying to do? Well, we don't even have a final document yet, right? Like we're still waiting on the final, final document. So um, I, I'd like to speak like I know everything. I know just like you do, 99.9% .9 of it. But there will be a surprise in there somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it has taken this time of the year and, you know, our whole staff has had to learn that and make sure we know it inside and out and make sure we're prepared for all the different things that that could, the curveballs that that could throw. Um, but certainly there's, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of nuance to it. Luckily, Mike and Austin are sitting back there. They, they know it way better than I do, um, and, uh, and we'll be prepared to um, tackle that for sure. So I want to point out a couple of things here. When I was asking the question about, hey, you built this whole team on the old CBA, he smiled. Did you hear, did you hear him? He goes, yeah. That's, that's immediately an acknowledgement. He doesn't he didn't acknowledge anybody when it comes to like their questions like that. But on this particular one, he looked at me, he smiled and he's like, yeah, you know, an acknowledgement that, that he knew what was coming. He's like, yeah, I did build this whole thing on the old system. And who boy, this new one is going to be a doozy. That's what that. Yeah. Told me. And then he starts his answer and he gives me the beginning of the, we don't even have the final document and he's saying all that stuff and I shoot him a look. I was like, I was, I was getting ready to say something and then you could hear his, like, it's like he picked back up where he says, I know just like you do 99.9% .9 of it. Like you can, you can hear it rewind and hear how his tone changed. Cause he saw the look on my face, like Brad, come on. So he, he acknowledged that, those two things, again, it's not what Brad says necessarily. It's kind of what he didn't say. And, yeah, this is th – th those little things told me a bunch 
uh, just about his, he knows that the new collective bargaining agreement is, is going to be difficult, you know, and it's, you know, he talks about the whole staff had to learn that and make sure we know it inside and out to make sure we're prepared for all the different things and the curveballs that could throw. There is a lot, there is a lot in there. And I just think that he's, he's prepared for a, a, a real kind of change in direction. It's going to be a real left turn for the Celtics. And while he didn't say anything specifically, uh, because he's just not going to dive into specifics like that. He's not going to tip his hand or anything. He definitely kind of led us in and said, you know, Mike and Austin are sitting back there. Uh, we'll be prepared to tackle that. He's got guys in Mike Zarin and Austin Ainge that have been able to kind of pick the old CBA apart. The Celtics have been really, really good at operating under the old rules. They are really good at figuring out where the holes are and what the what the where the where the weak spots are and all of that stuff. So Mike Zarin and Austin Ainge are going to have to do that same thing again. Now, he was correct in noting that there's it, the, the final document has not been written. And so, because it has not been written, they don't know where the little loopholes are yet. But there are not going to be that many for the Celtics. Because the Celtics are going to be caught up in the same mess that Golden State and the Clippers and a couple other teams are going to be caught up in. It's not going to be easy. I'm telling you, it's not going to be easy. Um, we get into that Monday and Tuesday with Keith Smith because I know it might sound boring to you. It might not be the thing that is going to drive a lot of people to, oh my God, did you hear that collective bargaining agreement talk? Like, no, I'm sorry. That's, I know that that's not what sports talk radio is going to be sitting there going, Ooh, wow. Corrales with the podcast is crushing us with that collective bargaining agreement talk. Like, no, it's not sexy. It's not going to be, it's not going to piss people off the way, oh my God, you're actually bringing back Joe Missoula. That's, that's terrible. Why are you doing that? That sucks. I'm not fanning those flames. I'm not. I knew Joe Mazzulla was coming back. I've been telling everybody Joe Mazzulla is coming back. People have been asking me for months and months and months. I've been trying to tell everybody Joe Mazzulla is not getting fired. He was never getting fired. No matter how pissed off people were, he was never getting fired. So now that he's not, I'm not going to sit here and be like making a big deal of it because I've been telling you guys for months. This is not happening. So, yeah, this is exactly what I expected. If you're listening to this podcast on a regular basis, you might say it's a mistake. And that's fine. Everybody has their own opinion. But you should be aware, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, whether you like Joe Mazzula or not, you should be aware, like, yeah, well, you know, this was this is one of the times John was right. This is this was what we should have expected. So I'm not gonna go out there like some of these radio hosts and 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 go nuts about this. The collective bargaining agreement is something you need to know. This is why we're talking about it. This is why podcasts are great and sports talk radio is crap. 
because we get, I am telling you, I brought on uh, Keith Smith. This is a lot of the, our, our podcasts around the Celtics sphere are bringing in cap expert type people. And we're all telling you, this is, this is going to be gross. This is going to be ugly. And this is why, because you need to be an informed fan. You need to be, you need to know what's really happening with this team. So if Malcolm Brogdon gets traded in the off season in July, you can say, oh yeah, I understand why. If Grant Williams moves or if Grant Williams gets a massive contract, two very equally possible things, you'll know why. So this new collective bargaining agreement is something that's, it's, it's going to, it's going to make a lot of, of difference. It's going to change how this team is constructed for next season. So that's Monday and Tuesday. I hope you come back and listen. Hope you subscribe. And I hope you uh, hop into the comment section, watch the video on YouTube. Hope you enjoy it there. Uh, and I hope you share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody, tell your friends, tell your family. Tell the people uh, randomly on the bus, whoever, whoever it is, tell them that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.